When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is a variety of tasty urban legends from the multifaceted, spiritually diverse, and beautiful country of India. I'm your hostess, Lindsay, and with me, as always, is Emily and Ashley. Thank you. Oh, goodness. Hi. (laughs) I really like the way you describe that. Your opening was great already. Thank you. I added something at the end in in different parts in here that you might really enjoy. So I'm eager to hear if you like it. (laughs) I love when you two tell stories. Well, I'm hoping that you'll like the ones that I have picked for today. (laughs) So today's appetizer will have you knocking on the door for more. I hope you enjoy our Nalba. The 90s were a strange and terrifying time for the residents of Karnataka, which is the largest state in southern India and located in the southwestern region of the country. Villagers in small towns, particularly rural Bangalore, Malashwaram, and... Mm, I didn't translate this. I know the feels. Rajajinagar started writing the phrase Nalba on their walls and above their outer doors. But why? <laughs> but why? <laughs> <laughs> According to one telling of the urban legend, a malevolent spirit roams the streets of royal Bangalore in the guise of a bride in search of her husband. In this version, she'll steal the men of the house who are often the breadwinners of the family. By taking the men and sole earners of the household, she dooms the family with bad luck. Another version of the legend states that she's a witch that appears as an old woman dressed in ragged clothes with long, sharp fingernails. Eh, no! (laughs) Speaking in the local Kannada dialect, her voice will mimic those of your relatives in an effort to get you to open the door after she knocks. Once the door is open, it's all over. Well, that would never work on the people who don't like their relatives. I'm your favorite aunt. We just tell you that so that you know that we love you, but we don't want you here. God damn it, Janet. Your stories are terrible and repetitive. <laughs> You're also a garbage human. There, I said it. Everybody, ha- hey, everybody has that relative. We're not bad people. Everybody yeah, does. It's true. Everyone has one. It's true. Oh, you're coming for the family reunion. Great. Uh-huh. 
We're going to have something going on two hours into the family reunion that we're going to have to leave for. <laughs> Everybody pieces out. <laughs> <laughs> so depending on what region of Karnataka you travel to, the telling of the tale will differ on whether she's a bridal ghost or an old witch. While there are other tales that she could also be a demon. A demon? Oh no, not a demon. Be gone, foul beast. <laughs> Regardless of her appearance, her methods are always the same, waiting until the cover of darkness to knock upon the doors of her victims in the hopes of getting them to let down their guard and open their door. Some say that she will get you to open your door by saying your name three times, while others say that she will say whatever she needs to in order to compel her victim to open the door. Depending on the legend, your fate upon opening the door will differ with one common thread. Regardless of if you encounter the bride or the witch, you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> you just fucked. <laughs> if you encounter the bride, you may be spirited away, killed immediately, or die after a certain amount of time, usually within 24 hours. If the witch catches you, she may use her sharp fingernails to slit your throat or oh. decapitate you. Damn it! Nope, that's I knew gross. That was going to be something. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fingernails. <laughs> she have like katana nails. Like, how is she decapitating you with her fingernails? I finger don't know. She's Freddy Krueger, but like a witch, and they're <laughs> extra sharp. She sharpens Blech. them like every day. <laughs> Even worse, she may show you a vision of your mutilated corpse, causing you to die from shock. Come on! <laughs> That's just mean. I know. So fucked up. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna kill you, it's gonna look like this. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Eh. <laughs> As with any story like this, there must be some way to prevent getting tricked and killed by this vengeful spirit, right? The solution is actually quite simple. If you write Nalba outside your home, she'll see the sign and leave. Does it mean fuck off? I'm coming to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the significance of the sign is very simple. Nalba translates to come tomorrow. And that's exactly what she'll do. Repeating the cycle of coming and leaving as long as this phrase remains posted outside your home. Oh my God. So it's like one of those cards that, you know, when they're like, how do you keep an idiot busy? And then it says, turn the card over and then you just <laughs> yes. do it forever. Come yep. on. <laughs> yep. And the fact that the spirit can read and comprehend this command is in itself pretty funny. And the other way to keep from dying is just don't open your door at night ever. And that's that's pretty much it. Just don't ever open your door good at advice. night. Or never open your door ever. Done. <laughs> Solved it forever. <laughs> I'm going to prescribe some agoraphobia. Just stay inside. <laughs> <laughs> Some sources state that the urban legend, although popularized in the 1990s, dates back as far as the 1920s, seeing another resurgence in the 60s and 70s. Additionally, this entity isn't actually called Nalba at all, but rather Kugumari, which translates to the ghost who calls your name, which is actually kind of cool. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I love I thought, it. Like, I, yeah, it's literal, but it's badass. It is. <laughs> She may also be known as Nalba Buta or the Nalba Ghost, which isn't as cool. I like the Kugumari better. Doesn't Buta mean ghost? I, I think, think a boot in India is ghost. I, yeah. Way to translate the last word. 
That's just lazy right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an ATM machine. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. For a pin number. (laughs) It's a ghost ghost. (laughs) ghost. (laughs) It's a ghost ghost. (laughs) It's like her, oh, because she's Nal Ball. What, what, how does it go? Nal Ball repeats it. Come again tomorrow. She keeps coming again tomorrow. It's ghost ghost. Come again tomorrow, ghost ghost. <laughs> the phrase Nalba has also been used in other legends, such as that of a wealthy man who seized the land of a poor woman. Upon her death, her spirit came to torment him, but uttering the phrase Nalba will prevent her from entering the property. Another tale tells of two students who ran into an evil spirit while in the woods, which never go in the woods. Like, why? Don't do it. So instead of killing them on the spot, the students convinced the entity to meet them at their homes to kill them there. And before the spirit could arrive, they wrote the words Nalba upon their door, thereby preventing it from entering and causing the spirit to leave and never return. You know, at least the spirit is an idiot. Yep. It's not very smart. (laughs) Like, it's really dumb. (laughs) Some residents of Karnataka will utter the phrase as a means of warding off illness. And in some instances, the plague, which I have no idea how effective this method of disease prevention is, but I'm going to guess not very well. Not very good at it. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to die today. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're right. You're right. My, my bad. I'll just go kill somebody else right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were busy today. How <laughs> sad I am tomorrow. <laughs> I'll call back. Interest in this legend sprang up again when similar stories began sprouting up in Thailand, where young, healthy men started to disappear from their beds at night without a trace. Perhaps she got so tired of no one letting her in and decided to move to a place where people didn't know her name? I don't know. There are some who believe that the legend of Kugimari is related to the Hindu legend of Chudail or the Kannada legend of Mohini. These vengeful female spirits are also portrayed as wronged women who prey upon men. In the case of the Chudail, they have the ability to shapeshift, which may be why they are able to mimic the voices of others so well. In pop culture, the Nalba has been referenced in a few works of fiction, such as the 2018 Bollywood film, Stree. The film is based in the small town of Chanderi, where the men live in fear of the evil creature who is known to abduct men at night. The movie is two hours long and listed as a comedy horror. <laughs> I love comedy horrors. I kind of want to watch this now. <laughs> like, Shaun of the Dead is a comedy horror. Yep. The story of the Nalba has also been written about in a compilation of terrifying tales entitled, quote, India's Most Haunted, Tales of Terrifying Places, end quote, by horror and thriller author K. Hari Kumar. And if you'd like to celebrate the legend of Nalba, you can do so on Nalba Day, which is on April 1st. <laughs> Fooled you. <laughs> And ingredients for this dish were sourced from Wikipedia, theghostinmymachine.com, Tanda Ferrari, thescoopwhoop.com, indiatimes.com, cosmopolitan, homegrown.co.in, that was a Modern Mysteries 12 Urban Legends from India that never get old article. Very nice. I'll be back in one moment with your main course, so I hope you'll excuse me as we take a short break. Do you enjoy dark comedy, puns, and laughter? If so, come join two good brothers, John and Patrick, as we discuss some of the craziest ways people die. That's so bizarre, strange, and borderline comical, that'll leave you dumbfounded. You can follow this podcast on all major platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, 
Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram at the Dumbfounded Pod and on Twitter at TDFDPod. And remember, think ahead, don't be dumb, found dead. I'm back. I hope you enjoy your main chorus of Kaltara before it mysteriously disappears. <laughs> <laughs> The village of Kaldhara is located in the state of Rajasthan in northwestern India near the Pakistan border. Originally built in the 13th century, the once thriving village of Kaldhara is around 10 miles or 18 kilometers west of the city of Jalsamar. Does that sound good? Yes, I love it. I'm convinced. (laughs) Hopefully I don't say it too many times in this article. Kaldhara was formerly home to the Paliwal Brahmins and was composed of 84 villages that made up the community the Paliwals called home. The village consisted of temples and 400 homes with intricate and ancient architectural styles, as well as some 1,500 people. Originally established in 1291, the Paliwals, who are an ancient Hindu clan of priests, decided to settle in the area after leaving the Pali region of Western India, where they had begun to be persecuted, which is a very familiar story when it comes to religions. It sure is, and I don't like it anyway. (laughs) Yep. The Pali Walls had a vast understanding of agriculture and were able to grow and harvest crops in the harshest of environments, even in the dry, far desert. The Pali Walls would cultivate areas that held stores of gypsum rock, which is a soft mineral beneath the surface that is 20% water. They developed the Kadin technique to harvest rainwater, and they manually made dam-like structures to store caches of water that they'd use for farming. The Pali Walls were also excellent traders and used their skills to grow their community and expand upon it for nearly six centuries. Paliwal Brahmins adhered to the traditional four stages of life. The student stage, which is followed by the householder stage. In this stage, getting married, raising a family, and becoming a productive member of society are the primary goals. After their children are married, the spiritual half of their lives begins with reclusiveness and ending with sannyasa, which is itinerant homeless wandering. A lot of people don't do that last stage. It's mostly just they become more religious as they age. So in August of 1825, one night all of the inhabitants of Kaldhara, an estimated 1,000 villagers, just simply vanished with whatever they could carry on their backs. An entire community, 84 villages worth, just gone with no known reason why. That's creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. Some sources believe that the reason revolves around their water supply. There is one theory that the dwindling water supply forced the villagers to flee, but that wouldn't necessarily cause them to all up and leave one night under the cover of darkness. Yeah, not all at the same time. Yeah. I think they'd trickle out. Others (laughs) believe that the water supply was tainted by invaders who entered the community, the Mughals, Mughals, the Mughals, the Mughals. (laughs) During the celebration of the Hindu holiday Raksha Bantan, Raksha Bantan is a holiday celebrated on the full moon of the Hindu month of Sravana, which typically falls in July or August, and that celebrates the love of a brother for his sister. Um, Um, (laughs) Ashley and I both have questions. I read that and I was like, that's so fitting for our show. (laughs) During this holiday, sisters will tie Rocky, which is a special bracelet, on the wrists of their brothers to guard them against evil and pray for their happiness and long life. It's believed that during this festival, invaders martyred several polywalls over a number of days before dumping animal carcasses into their communal wells in an effort to force them to leave Kaltara. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. 
The most likely cause, and the one that is widely accepted, has to do with a ruthless and unfair local ruler. Surprise, surprise. This story tells of the Dewan of Jalsamar, the prime minister of the state, a man named Salin Singh, who heavily taxed the inhabitants of Kaltara. And as if that wasn't bad enough, he also had designs on the local chieftain's 16-year-old daughter demanding her hand in marriage. Oh my god, get out of here, you freaking creep. (laughs) And the penalty for their refusal would be that their already high taxes would become even higher and the villagers had one day to decide their fate. One day. Yep. (sighs) What a dick. To the ultra-conservative Pollywals, marrying a woman to a man outside of their clan was a sign of dishonor and disgrace, an act they refused to allow their beloved chieftain and his daughter to suffer. Unwilling to allow the Dewan to have his way, the community collectively decided to leave before the deadline was up, effectively disappearing without a trace on the night of Raksha Bantan. So basically the next day they decided, peace out. That's a really supportive community. They're like, we're all with you. Let's go together. We'll start fresh. Yep. As with stories such as this, they also say that a curse was placed on the land as they left, prohibiting anyone from living at Kaldhara and anyone who dared to try would find nothing waiting for them but death. Today, the ghost village is one of India's most haunted locations, attracting tourists and thrill-seekers, though no one has lived there for over 200 years. The village looks almost unchanged by time, utterly abandoned other than by those who visit it looking for spirits. Oh my god, I'm getting like major Centralia vibes right now, and it's freaking me out. The area is preserved by the Archaeological Survey of India, who view the city as a heritage site with its sandstone gates, homes, and lanes once built of brick, and the temple that rests in the heart of the ruins. The now-dried riverbed of the, Co- the Cockney to the east is another reminder that, whether cursed or not, Kaldhara no longer has the means to sustain human life. And villagers who live near Kaldhara aid the ASI by providing tours during the day, sharing the story of the people who once lived there and their culture. Now we're going to talk about ghosts. Woohoo! I like ghosts. <laughs> ghosts are fun. Yeah. <laughs> I actually put in my notes, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, so I knew that this was the ghost section of the story. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a nerd. <laughs> I know. The ASI closes the gates at sunset at God at sunset or six PM <laughs> every night, and no one is allowed in or to stay after dark, as it is believed the supernatural roam at nightfall. The Indian Paranormal Society spent a night at Kaldhara and reported to Gulf News experiencing quote Disembodied whispers, screams, noises are common at dark hours. Many of our members have witnessed apparitions, heard footsteps, experienced unusual touch, and so on. End quote. Unusual touch? No, don't do that. <laughs> See, the screams are what get me. Could you imagine just hearing ah! off in the distance? You know, you just standing there. Mm-mm. If that stays in the distance, that's fine. Don't touch me. I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> I don't want yeah. ghost hands on me anywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Gaurav Tiwari, the founder of the Indian Paranormal Society, was quoted by Gulf News as saying, quote, We have collected significant anomalies and evidence to suggest that there is something really going on in Kaldhara, which cannot be explained by simple scientific theory, end quote. And the eeriest thing about this 
He died under mysterious circumstances at his home in New Delhi a few weeks after this interview. Hmm. Mysterious circumstances. Uh-oh, I think there might be more things on heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to his death, Tawari explained that the IPS's goal was to explain the unexplainable at Kaldhara, and during a visit in 2014, where he and 30 volunteers spent a night at Kaldhara, they experienced the following. Quote, At Kaldhara, we monitored a lot of such unexplained electromagnetic fields, or EMFs, that responded to our communication. We captured disembodied voices, found variations in temperature and static charges. There was one instance when handprints of a child started appearing on all the parked vehicles in front of our eyes. No! (laughs) This was also (laughs) captured and witnessed by many journalists. We believe that these ruins are haunted. End quote. Ashley's not about the creepy little ghost kids. No, because those are the ones that always sing in the horror movies. Don't come at me, little ghost children. Just no. Yeah. I've heard a theory in all my years of researching the paranormal that there aren't any actual ghost children. Like, ghost children don't actually exist. It's something else posing as a child to gain your trust. Okay, well, that might be worse. So thanks, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, you're right to be creeped out by it because it might not actually be a child. It could be something that's just trying to lure you in and say, It might be a demon. It's probably a demon that wants to possess my body and make me do a crab walk. (laughs) 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 Or maybe I'll do a panic moonwalk. You never know what these demons are into. A great number of the villagers who live near Kaldhara firmly believe the village is haunted, although a small number feel like something more sinister is at work. Some report experiencing terrifying things after dark, while others believe a cache of treasure and riches lie hidden and undiscovered under the ruins of the city. The theory that there should be buried treasure was corroborated to some extent by Kamal Singh Bhatti, a member of the Jalsamar Development Society, which is an NGO dedicated to the conservation of heritage sites such as Kaldhara. He is quoted as saying, quote, In 1997, there was a house in Kaldhara where a Japanese archaeologist team found gold and other expensive items. The government took possession of the items, end quote. So they're could be cursed goodies located in Kaldhara. I mean, if you have an entire village that uproots overnight, if they had had anything that they had buried for safekeeping for later for those high taxes, it's not surprising that they might have left some stuff behind. Well, and it said that they basically just took what they could carry with them. So I would imagine lots of things were left behind. Yeah. And according to the culture trip, in 2017, the Rajasthan government was talking about restoring the village. And if the legends are to be believed, let's hope for their sake that the rumors of the curse aren't true. Here's the thing. Please don't do that because (laughs) it's not going to end well. Have they seen horror movies? Nope. Nope. It's going to be little ghostly handprints all over the uh, equipment, the construction equipment. You just, you don't build things where people say there are curses. It's just, it's a known thing. That's like all of the U.S., though. Oh, that might explain a lot. Well, we did, you know. Well, and when I say we, I surely mean white people that came here from Europe. We sure did steal the whole country. We did. We deserve. Yeah. 
anyone deserves a curse, it's us. Yep, this is true. Please don't put ghost hands on me, though. (laughs) (laughs) So ingredients for this dish were sourced from allthat'sinteresting.com, genie.com, Times of India, The Culture Trip, Insider.com, GulfNews.com, OutlookIndia.com, and JoshuaProject.net. And if you sit tight, I'll be back shortly with the dessert course. Thanks for waiting. Our bangar tort may leave a lingering taste in your mouth. Oh, I already don't like that. Okay. Here's the thing. What if nothing lingers? (laughs) (laughs) Ideally. If I did not issue an express invitation, (laughs) no. (laughs) No, I'm just picturing you being like eating your cheese pizza. I grant you permission to leave a lingering cheese taste in my mouth. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly how it goes down. I'm like, ah, yes, you are invited. The others, no. (laughs) The others, not so much. So Bangar Fort is also located in Rajasthan and built at the base of the Aravalli Hills. It's 235 kilometers or 146 miles from Delhi. The ruins are a number of impressive structures, including public chambers, the royal palace, marketplaces, mansions, and temples to Hanuman, Ganesh, and Sameshwar. Originally built in 1573 by Raja Bhagwant Das, the Katwaha ruler of Amber, for his son Madho Singh. Madho was succeeded by his son Chatra Singh, and it's his daughter that is at the root of one of the urban legends that surround this place. Hmm. In this legend, the princess Ratnavati was the jewel of Rajasthan. Tales of her beauty and angelic temperament spread far and wide, and it wasn't long before marriage proposals came flooding in. <laughs> she's I'm so just, pretty and she shuts up it's great <laughs> um <laughs> i am not in any way picturing that scene from harry potter when all the letters from hogwarts <laughs> invade the <laughs> <laughs> oh yes they came flooding in <laughs> <laughs> all through the chimney one proposal came from a tantric priest a man named Singhia, consumed by black magic, who fell in love with the princess. He knew he didn't stand a chance of winning Ratnavati's affections, so he attempted to cast a spell on her. No, don't do that. No, no, no. The priest followed her maid into the village, and when he saw her purchase a bottle of perfume for her mistress, he cast a powerful love spell on it so that she would fall in love with him after using it. Did it become love potion number nine? Oh my god, get out of my head, Emily! (laughs) I don't know, but I'm going to say yes. When she came to know this, the legend states that Princess Ratnavati threw it, and as it left her hand, it broke upon a boulder, a boulder that then struck the tantric priest. Oh, it loved him to death! (laughs) Before he was crushed to death, the priest cast a curse upon the princess, her family, and the entire village. The following year, the forces of Bangar and Ajabgar, which was led by Ratnavati's stepbrother, Ajab Singh, took part in a great battle that led to the death of the princess and most of the army. As a result of the curse, 
No one who lived in the village or the fort could be reborn per Hindu custom, condemning them to forever wander the earth as a ghost. Oh my God, that's that's so, mess. That's who does that? Like, oh my God. Okay, so wait, hold on a second. So he tried to cast a love spell on her. Yes, to make her love him against her will. Mm-hmm. Um, she was too smart for that, so she threw it. Mm-hmm. And it hit a boulder, which, like, it doesn't sound like she did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then the boulder killed him. And then he's like, fuck you, I'm going to punish everyone forever? Yep. Take no for an answer, dude. Get out. Yep. Do you know what it kind of it reminds me a little bit of? Hmm. Hodarian ho-ho demi. A little bit, yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pester you until I get what I want. I'm gonna fuck it up. I'm not gonna really. T- I'm gonna try to apologize, but I'm not really gonna apologize. But then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna drown you until you cry. Okay. Here's the thing about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, I love how both of you refuse to accept there's any possibility it was a real apology because you're older. <laughs> <laughs> He I don't want you to be as He sacrificed his special sword to make you do fish hooks. You ungrateful bitches. <laughs> and you're just like, you're just like, totally painting him as the bad guy. He tried to drown his brother. Yeah, his bro- because his brother was being intense. <laughs> That is not a reason to drown somebody. Oh my god. I mean, it might be for waterboard them or whatever you want to call it. Well, apparently our government does not agree with you. (laughs) Get out of here with your discount overstock fish books. (laughs) Okay. So locals believe that the princess Ratnavati has been reincarnated and... Bangar Fort and all of the souls trapped there are just waiting for her to return to release them from the curse. It me. <laughs> it you. Have no. the injury immediately. <laughs> Think of all those people. <laughs> the second legend is centered around a sadhu or a holy man named Guru Baba Balanath, who lived on the top of the hill where the fort of Raja Bangwant Singh was built. His only condition for allowing the fort to be built was that it must never cast a shadow on his home. So for years, this agreement was upheld until Ajab Singh, Ratnavati's stepbrother, raised the palace to the point where it cast a shadow over Baba's home, at which point he unleashed a curse that ruined the fort and all the surrounding villages. If you visit Bangar Fort, you can find a small stone hut known locally as Tantric Kichatri, which overlooks the fort. Many believe Balanath is still buried there to this day, ensuring his curse stays in effect. Talk about holding a grudge. Yeah, that's some dedication. Yeah. The truth behind the legend is much simpler than it may at first appear. After the fort of Ajabgar was built, the population in the area started to dwindle, and it didn't help that in 1783, a famine forced the remaining villagers to flee. Regardless, entry into Bangar is prohibited between sunset and sunrise and ranked amongst the most haunted forts in India. Locals from surrounding villages share stories of even more terrifying myths and legends, including stories of fatal accidents that took place at the fort 
usually involving tourists. <laughs> because tourists are so smart. Yep. And respectful. Yep. <laughs> because of this, the Archaeological Survey of India, again with the ASI, began to prohibit visitors at night, although thrill seekers continue to spend nights on the haunted premises frequently amongst the lost souls of this ancient city. Oh my god. Yeah, put a rule in place. That'll keep them out. Yeah. <laughs> and ingredients for this dish were sourced from homegrown.co.in, thehindu.com, theculturetrip.com, Atlas Obscura, and Wikipedia. Delicious. <laughs> yes. Hey, on the, okay, couple of things. Number one, lots of curses. Always a good time, unless you're the one that gets cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, second thing, really glad no one ate any poop. Yeah. Really glad. <laughs> <laughs> and it had to be second because number two. So. Yeah. Uh, uh. I see what you did there. And you were worried about that taste that lingers, so. Yep. This it didn't turned, end up lingering quite like you thought. The taste that lingers is bitterness because people do not <laughs> Pretty much. Oh my so, god! Yeah. It's always a, it's always a step sibling too, or like a step parent. It's never mm. like the main family. The bad mm -hmm. person always has to come in by marriage. Yep, that's some shit right there. So, does anybody have anything they would happy they'd like to share? I have something. Okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. I'll keep trying to think while you're while you're sharing. Well, so we've been. Ever since we started this podcast, we've we've tried a couple of different things when it comes to recording. We tried recording strictly over Zoom. We've tried recording with Audacity and Zoom at the same time. We've tried using Zencaster. So we've, you know, been all over the place. But this seems to, what we've settled on seems to work pretty well. And I'm I'm happy about it. And I think that's really good news. I think it's going to be great for our, our customers to come back and slide on up to the counter for a good old slice that they can actually hear and understand. Mm -hmm. Billy up to the bar. Belly up to the bar so you can hear your meal. As it talks to you. <laughs> send it back. Send it back. <laughs> you want to hear something cool? We're going to talk about eating shit. Appetite <laughs> 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 gone. <laughs> and check, please. <laughs> no, I Specials don't. tonight. <laughs> um. Okay, I think I thought of something. So... I had I had to get something put together for studying Scarlet, the other podcast that I'm on, um, and I only had like a week to do it. So I did a I just did a fiction episode because I'm still working on my big true crime episode. So what I ended up deciding to do was, and I don't know if people have seen this or not, but I picked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. Which is, I'll be honest. I really like it. I would say that movie is probably like a 10 out of 10 for me. So I really enjoyed working on it because I have to watch the stuff like over and over and over again to pick out like all my little details. But um, not only did I get to do something I really wanted to do, what I liked is that I decided to do something different this time when I wrote my notes up for the episode and instead of doing like the plot part of it and then going to all the research stuff at the end what I decided to do this time was since the case is so closely related to the true crime story that I'm working on is actually just add in like the commentary and the comparisons throughout the story 
as we were still moving through what happens in the film. And I felt like it went really well. Nice. And I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. Although I will warn anyone who listens to that show, which you shouldn't even need this warning if you listen to that show, because I have a very bad potty mouth and it's much worse on that <laughs> show than it is on this show. So I try to be good when we're on this show. But I decided that since that's a Quentin Tarantino movie, I was going to swear even more than usual. So <laughs> enjoy that. I feel like you would approve. <laughs> Was was there a Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Yes, yes. there was. I saw that one. Yeah, that was, was that Quentin Tarantino also? I don't believe so. No, I think that was um, the guy that, that was does... also Brad Pitt, right? That's the guy that does the um, Spy Kids movies. Definitely wasn't Tarantino. And I know how I know mm-hmm. that is because it's not an excessively violent, super blood-filled, yep. hardcore <laughs> overkill movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I like seeing uh, people who are about to murder other people get cooked by a flamethrower, so I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen it, so this is all over my head, but you certainly have piqued my interest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So my something good is for the episode of Yield Crime that I recorded today, I had to look up what the difference was between a wizard and a warlock because it came up and I didn't know the answer. Mm -hmm. So a wizard is someone who studies the arcane arts and a warlock is someone who just gets magical powers by basically making a bargain with like a devil or a demon or some sort of magical creature. Oh, so he's lazy. So a warlock cheats (laughs) and a wizard puts in the time and actually learns it. That sounds about right. (laughs) I was like, that checks out. Before we close the pizzeria for the night, we'd like to share a review from a very satisfied customer. It says, Mel NYC 24 says, the only pineapple pizza I like. Okay, seriously, what are you waiting for? Three very talented podcasters have joined forces to tell us about lots of really interesting myths and urban legends. I haven't laughed this hard in a long time. Subscribe and catch up on this crazy good podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mel. Oh, thank you, Mel. You're the sweetest. We're the cheesy ones. We are. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm a little salty, but not today. <laughs> Did we want to give our customers a, a little taste of some of the regional flavor that we're about to be serving up in the next few months? All right. So coming up in June, we have some delicious dishes coming from Chile. In July, we have Ireland. And then in August, we have Norway. So you'll have to stay tuned for some really awesome flavor coming from those regions. And on that note, thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a slice or three of Urban Legends, Pineapple Pizza Podcast. We're sweet and cheesy and not everyone understands us, but we're glad that you do? Question mark? <laughs> if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, check out our Tea Public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice cuz we can never get enough of basically anything if we're being honest. 
If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. The $3 Mythbuster, the $7 Cryptid Hunter, and the $15 Storyteller. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod. That's PineAppAppPizzaPod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at pineapppizzapod at gmail.com. Don't forget, A-P-P. That's important. Thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome and we love you.